0: Game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chest. The right wing Barabonov had a broken up by Nurse to McDavid. Into the Sharks' hand on the left side. In front of the Nets. Goal! Zach Hyman tipped it in on a beautiful setup from McDavid. It's 2-0 Edmonton.
1: And the Oilers would roll to a 5-0 win over the San Jose Sharks. Hyman, in the Oilers' 32nd game of the season, gets his 20th goal. Stuart Skinner with his second shutout of the season. He makes 25 saves. The Oilers have won their third in a row. They're back over 500 at 16-15-1, 11-3 in their last 14 games and 13-6 and six under Chris Knobloch. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, it started early. The Oilers big line dominated the opening shift. In the process of making a line change, Hyman sets up McLeod who's got a hot stick lately with four goals in his last three games and really the Oilers never looked back. Four in the first, one in the second and then Skinner preserves the shutout with couple of nice saves on a Sharks power play late in the third.
2: Well, this is a game on, on paper. The Oilers are a much better hockey club. And I know they were earlier in the season when they played and it didn't work out for the Oilers. But on that one, Mackenzie Blackwood stood on his head and the Oilers were making the big mistakes. Well, in the last 14 games now, the Oilers have been a much better team defensively. Their top players have started to play like their top players. They've been getting solid goaltending. And the San Jose Sharks have fallen back down to... Uh, the team that they were earlier in the year where they can't find a win. And for a San Jose team to beat the oldest night, they had to play a perfect game. Well, they started a goaltender for the first time in the National Hockey League. He let in his first shot. He didn't look comfortable in the game. Uh, there was one goal on a back check on Hyman that the player back checking, was it Zedina? Z- I think it was Zetterland on that one. Zetterland, 20, who, yeah. who absolutely, it was It was horrible. It would be one where that would be the first thing they show him video the next day. So when you're getting poor defensive efforts early in a game, you got a goaltender that uh, can't stop the puck. And you're playing a superior opponent, you're going to find yourself down. And the Oilers got the big jump. And at that point, uh, a San Jose team that doesn't score very often, 10 goals in its last six games, all losses, they're down four. They're not coming back in this hockey game. And the Oilers played well. They, They took their foot off the gas. They rolled all four lines. They weren't getting power plays. But they were very comfortable from more or less the first shift on in this hockey game.
1: Yeah, seven straight losses now for the San Jose Sharks, and and you're right about the orders able to spread out the ice time. McDavid winds up playing sixteen oh five. Bouchard and Ekholm led the orders uh, in ice time. Kulak got over twenty minutes, which you don't see happen a lot. Uh, everybody for the orders played at least ten minutes. Hamlin and Ernie uh, almost got to 11. Derek Ryan played almost 13. Some of that shorthanded for him. So they they can contr- they controlled the game and. Yeah, was it pretty throughout? No, uh, but I mean, the Oilers. But they, but again, they they did what they had to do in the first in the first period. And the three straight games now the Oilers have had a four goal period. It was the third on the East Coast, and now they come west and do it in the first. But you talk about it all the time, it, like, anybody can beat anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. we covered some bad Oilers teams. They didn't yep. go zero eighty two. Nope, they beat they, te- they they beat teams. But you know, you, you suck the life out of that building by just dominating the first period.
2: When you're a, a bad hockey club, you expect bad things to happen and the San Jose Sharks right now are a bad hockey club Uh, they expect bad things to happen the longer they stay in a game all of a sudden they get belief okay you know what maybe this is the game we're gonna win and all of a sudden you get to the third period you're like we're within one or it's tied okay everything we got tonight guys we're gonna win a hockey and the excitement level is huge but if you take the the will out of the team early and the belief out of the team early as the Oilers did tonight with the San Jose Sharks both teams at that point are just waiting for the clock to end nobody wants to play in a blowout there's bigger games coming up the Oilers got the Kings San Jose knows this game's over Uh, and then it just turned into what we saw tonight Teams trade a few chances, uh, not a whole lot going on. The Oilers aren't running the score up. The San Jose Sharks aren't good enough to get back in the hockey game. So halfway through the first period, this game was over. The only thing that was, I don't know if interesting or kept your intrigue, was the physicality at times by the San Jose Sharks. I can say, I don't know if I can remember a game where Darnell Nurse, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl all took big hits in the same game. And all three of them did. All took huge hits. Both Nurse and Dreisaitl were run over. And I'm only going to say his first name, Nikita, because his last name is really too hard for me. It is Ohochuk. Ohochuk. Yeah. He crushed Nurse, and he absolutely flattened Leon Dryside. That was a textbook ball oh, check on, Fent, on Dreisaitl. And surprised both of them. Both yeah. Nurse and Leon were absolutely... I mean, this is a kid, I don't know anything about him, so I'm not sure how much they knew coming into this hockey game. And then Burroughs uh, drilled Connor McDavid a couple times in this game. That was the only thing that was worth watching to see uh, the response of the Oilers. The Oilers just more or less said, alright, it's okay, let's get this game over with. we got a bigger one coming up. But San Jose, short a little bit of life, but they just didn't have the skill level tonight to compete with an Oilers team that's playing well.
1: By the way, Burroughs minus five in the game. On for every goal, oh
2: that's a tough. And night. Ferraro
1: minus four, and that's their number one D pairing, right? In theoretically,
2: so. and, and think about it they they didn't. A lot of times, the number one D pairings can have off nights when they play against the other team's best players. Yeah, and those players have big nights. We've seen Connor and Leon have five, six point nights, but tonight. <laughs> All the lines were scoring for the Oilers. So they just happened to be out there every time the opposition, or every time the Oilers put a, a line out that scored a goal. That's a tough one to come back from. When you're, that's one of those, when you have a bad season, you think, do you remember the worst time? during that bad year. Well, actually, the night we were against the Oilers, I was minus five. And guys, I didn't even know we're scoring against me.
1: Five-nothing. The Oilers take it. That means the Japanese Village goal light is on on 630 chet.com. So head to our website and you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. That gets turned on whenever the Oilers score five or more. And look... A shutout to shutout, as as goalies will say. It doesn't matter really mm-hmm. what the score is or how many shots I'm facing. My job is to stop them. Skinner did well tonight. There, there there were some chances. And as you said, Rob, it wasn't a beautiful game nope. all the way through. Uh, he made that good save when it was 2 nothing on Ferraro, that yep. big slap shot from the slot. Uh, Hurdle
2: had two or three great Hurdle opportunities. Hurdle was good. Hurdle he was, was one good. of
1: the better players in this game, actually. And then uh, uh, he stopped the one-timer, Duclair, 14 and a half minutes left in the third. Glove save on Hoffman late in the third, and then Hurdle tried to wrap it around, and Skinner got the, the pad back. Now, San Jose would have had to score on every great opportunity <laughs> to win this game. True. But still, it's Skinner's job to stop the puck. He had a really good night.
2: Yeah, it was another nice effort by Stuart Skinner, who's... Uh Since Chris Knobloch has taken over, Stuart Skinner has, well, taken over the net and been very, very good. Uh, It was, he would have had to have a colossal failure tonight for the San Jose Sharks to win this hockey game. But instead he came in, played solid, made big saves when there were mistakes made. And that's something that the Oilers are getting now in the last 14 games. They're getting... Big saves when they make big mistakes. Earlier in the year, it seemed like every momentous type of mistake the Oilers made ended up in the back of the net. Well, the Oilers made some mistakes in this game, but Skinner was good. Uh, this, he's going to get the back-to-back starts. He's going to play against L.A., I would imagine. And that's going to be the start that we're all going to be watching because that's a, these two teams probably will play in the playoffs at some point. And both teams are very good. And it's kind of, I'm not sure who L.A. starts, if they go back with Cam Talbot or not, but it could be former Oiler Cam yep. Talbot going against his old teammates uh, and the L.A. Kings team who was very, very good. So... Uh, Stuart Skinner was good tonight, and he's going to have to be good again on Saturday for the Oilers to win a big game on the road against the LA Kings.
1: 5 nothing. the Oilers take it in San Jose. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Head coach Chris Nablock.
3: They break, but then it's back to business. And with the goal in the first minute and the way you played tonight, did you feel like you kind of got back to the level you wanted to see? Yeah, no, I think the guys were very focused, um, ready to play. Um, you know, obviously the break is nice and everyone enjoyed it, but obviously they they know there's work to be done. And um, you know, San Jose has been playing their best, but um, I think we um, weren't taking anything for granted, and we came ready to play.
4: Chris, uh, one word we hear here repeatedly to describe this team is resilient. Uh, Whether it's the players, whether it's
3: you, whether it's the fans. Where does resilience begin? Um, Well, I think um, we—you look at the adversity, and there's always throughout the year, whether it's injuries or uh, travel or difficult uh, opponents, whatever. But um, you know, I like how we've stuck with our game plan and. And especially in games, it's easy to stick with a game plan when it's uh, you're winning you're having success. But I think with, um, especially you saw in the road trip against New Jersey and the New York game, where we stuck with our game plan and played the right way and not cheating. And often when you're falling behind, it's you know, take extra chances. Um, um, you just forget about the defensive details and I I think we've been sticking with it and um, you know we're winning more times than not. When you look at the evening or if someone looks just kind of at the numbers the final score shots on goal you may not think that your goalie played as as well as he did but uh, how good was Stewart tonight in making sure that uh, not only San Jose didn't score but you know didn't mount any kind of a comeback? You know, often you look at the score sheet and I'm not sure what the total shots against were, but you could look at it almost 5-0. It was probably an easy game. Uh, uh, That was not the case. He um, came up with huge, some really good saves. We gave up a lot of shot attempts from the slot more than we have probably in the last uh, dozen games. and, um, you know, I thought he obviously played really well, not letting anything um, anything go in. And, um, yeah, I think uh, it's so easy to say that, it, yeah, it was easy, but it certainly wasn't. What kind of a tone and standard does Zach Hyman set for this club? Um, yeah, no, I think uh, compose plays the right way. It's good on the walls. Defensive details are good. Um, and obviously... Playing with two skilled guys, but finding ways to score goals. And that's just not, a, not an easy thing to do. He goes hard to the nets, and they that line spends a lot of time in the offensive zone just with the possession they um, um, that they have. But we need somebody going to the net, and he does a good job. And you saw his goal, just being available, getting a nice touch on the uh, puck. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of things I like about his game.
4: So, coach, since you took over, are you guys at the status that you think you should be one game above 500 at this point?
3: Uh, no, I think we've got a lot of things to work on. Um, you know, we are getting better. and You know, if we're not getting better each day, teams are going to be passing us. And um, if we're not in a position to do that, we need to be getting better because we have to. Um, we've got a lot of teams to pass if we're going to make playoffs. And um, so I like where we're going, but uh, there's still a lot of work to do.
2: Thanks,
1: Chris. Appreciate it. That is Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch after a 5 nothing win over the San Jose Sharks. It is now registered as a 25-save shutout for Stuart Skinner, 30-25. The shot's on goal for the Oilers. Magnus Krona started the game for San Jose. If you've never heard of him, don't feel bad. It was only his second NHL appearance and his first NHL start. He was uh, pulled after allowing four goals on 11 shots in the first period. Kapo Kockinen went the rest of the day. Uh, Knobloch was asked about Hyman and I referenced it off the top. 20 goals. This is the Oilers 32nd game of the season. Uh, Hyman missed a game earlier. His 31st game of the season. He's, uh, I mean, He's been a great addition since he came here a couple of years ago and uh, maybe a, yet another career year in store here for Hyman.
2: Well, it, <laughs> the career years, they call them career years because it's the only time you've done it. It's your best year ever. So when someone has a, a career year, you're not thinking he's going to come the following season and jump all over that one and do it again. Uh, they brought Zach Hyman here to be... A leader both on and off the ice. They, they loved everything he did. The defensive posture, the work ethic, uh, the way he's t- tenacious in the, the offensive zone, penalty killing. Uh, there were so many things that you liked about his game. And they thought, you know, this guy would be a 20-25 goal scorer. Maybe if things all go right, maybe get up to 30. I, I, I'm not sure they expected or hoped that he could do what he's doing right now, where he'd be a 50 goal scorer or on pace to do that. Uh, But he's a guy you cheer for, simply because he does all the little things. He, his work ethic is second to none. Um, He is very fortunate, and he's one of those guys that'll tell you, he's very fortunate that he plays with two great players. But he takes full advantage of it with doing all the right things on the ice. And a great example was the goal he scored tonight. He came from way back past two San Jose Shark players, drove the net, put his stick down, and put the puck in on a great pass by Connor McDavid. Uh, He's a guy that when you go to the hockey game, you tell your kids that are sitting with you, that's who you want to play like, Zach Hyman, because he does all the little things right all the time.
1: Hyman tonight selected as the third star. Connor McDavid the second star. Skinner with the shutout gets the first star. Rob and I give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. We could each give one tonight, Rob, or maybe we'll give the same guy. i got to go with Ryan McLeod. I mean, a nice little burst for him. He had a goal and an assist tonight and was also plus two.
2: I mean, Evan Bouchard had a goal and an assist and was plus three in the hockey game. Not bad for a, for a defenseman. Played 21-51, so he led the the team in ice time. He led the team in plus minus. He led the team in goals. He led the team in points. Yeah, it was a pretty good night for Evan Bouchard so he's my four star.
1: Alright, five nothing. The Oilers take it. So that's a $500 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give a hundred bucks every time the Oilers score. Um, Cody Cece. Almost had his first goal (laughs) since the start of last year. So we thought Hyman scored it. Then they credited it to CeCe, and then they changed it to Nugent Hobby. It looked like it ticked off, was it his his thumb or his wrist Yeah, just on the the way in? And then then the San Jose guy inadvertently, I think, batted it or knocked it sort of back into his own net. That
2: thing bounced a a number of times before it hit the back of the net, and I think that was the only goal that... uh Kakinen let in in the hockey game. Yeah, it was, yeah. So, I mean, he played well. And when he came in, uh, the Oilers caught a bit of a break by having the third or fourth or fifth string goaltender or whatever... Uh, the, the young goaltender, Krona, was Crona in this been, game. Yeah. But uh, it, was, we, it was funny. We watched that one a number of times. At first, yeah, I thought it was Hyman. And then, okay, no, it's going to go to CeCe. Then you see the last replay. It goes off the hand of Nugent Hopkins. I don't even know if he even knew it hit him. It yeah. hit him that, like, I mean, it barely changed direction. The biggest direction change was off the defenseman, San Jose Shark defenseman's knee pad and stick. Uh, The goalie had absolutely no chance on that. But uh, sometimes you you just need to be in the right place, and Nugent Hopkins inadvertently was in the right place on that one.
1: All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We have Owen standing by. Hey, Owen, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, one. Uh, it's actually Colin, that's all right. Oh, I'm sorry, my, my, my mistake. That's all right. I uh, was just making some uh, comments. Uh, sure, to Absolutely every oiler today played fantastic tonight. you probably agree with that one, I would say, wouldn't you? Well, they did what they had to do, for sure. Yeah, what else is on your mind? Uh, are we going to pull up that other uh, oiler, you figure?
2: or That uh, oiler? The other goalie? Yeah, you
1: think he's gonna come up? I, I, I'm a, starting to think he might, Colin. Uh, I mean, it's uh, no. The Oilers need points. You know, they can't they can't afford a game where it's like, oh, we'll try this game out and, and see how he does. But I do think, and we've seen it with DeHarnay and well Yamamoto going back a couple of years. I mean, they, they have called guys up who have well, uh, they've they felt have earned their spot. Onto the team, you know. Bob gave Rodriguez stats. What was he three zero and one in like a nine twenty? His last four games, he's out playing Campbell, who at this point I am wondering if we're ever going to see again. Um, they appear to have enough faith in Pickard to start mm-hmm. him occasionally, <laughs> but not as much as you might like a second goaltender to start. So yeah <laughs> we we may we may see him at at some point. Well,
2: in all honesty, I think when they brought Pickard up. I think even at that point, Rodrigue's stats were better than Pickard's. When they were both down on the yeah, minors to start yeah. the season, Rodrigue had better stats, but he's an inexperienced goalie at this level. They're going to bring a veteran goaltender to come up. And at that point, I think the expectation was it was going to be a short stay for Campbell. Just go down for a few weeks, try to find your game. Uh, it didn't work out for Campbell like they had hoped. Um, but, yeah, Rodriguez has, has been good all season long. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Pickard's going to get a game this week. If Pickard plays well, I mean, I don't. Do you bring Rodriguez if Pickard plays well and gets another win on the road? I mean, he's going to play. I would imagine in Anaheim, get the Anaheim game. Yeah. I would think so. I mean, the others don't have to play their backup goaltender much in the month of January. Right. It is. It, they play some weak teams. They don't play very often, but they are going to have to make a decision in the next month. Is Pickard the guy? Is Rodrigue the guy? Or do we need somebody uh, at the deadline? Because in February, or actually before the deadline, because starting February, I think it's the 6th, the Oilers' schedule gets very hard and very busy. And Stuart Skinner at that point will need rest. So do you have faith in Pickard? Do you have faith in, faith in Rodrigue? Or do you have faith in some goaltender that isn't here yet? Yeah, good call. 5
1: nothing. the Oilers win it. They did not score in the third period. I set the line at two and a half goals in the third for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. So obviously it's the under. Frank gets the fifty-dollar River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. All right, we'll uh, have more post-game reaction coming in. We'll take a couple more phone calls as well. Five nothing Edmonton wins in San Jose. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line.
0: Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Sit behind the Edmonton goal through the middle off of Nugent Hopkins. It goes over to Duclair. He'll get it into the slot. Comes back to Duclair on oh, the save. Made by Skinner coming across. And Anthony Duclair was robbed.
1: Yeah, good stop there by Skinner. His save the game for Crystal Glass. Call three ten glass or visit crystalglass.ca. Twenty-five save shutout for Skinner and a five nothing win over the Sharks. Here he is.
4: When I hear five, hopefully so. Um yeah, it was, it was a good game. Uh, felt good in there. I think San Jose had a, you know, I thought they were really good in the offensive zone. I think we also did a great job, um, you know, being able to get some blocks in. And uh, PK was huge again. Uh, as a netminder, we always talk about how a big save can kind of feel everybody else's confidence. But when you see your team start the way it did this hockey game, how much confidence does that breed in you? Yeah, it was huge. It uh, gave me a lot of confidence. It's also It's always nice kind of getting that early lead um, yeah I think we were rolling around for a good five minutes straight in their end um, and that's a huge credit to the guys being being ready off the bat it, it can be hard especially coming off uh, Christmas break what can you say about that second line right now with Ryan McLeod Warren Fogle and Leon Dreisheim yeah they're feeling it right now they're uh, they're buzzing they're moving around making some good plays uh, getting shots off uh, getting to the net hard um, so it's it's all well-earned goals all right to use a baseball metaphor what are you going through with this shutout during the intermissions? What are you thinking about, and uh, is it on your mind about you have a shutout? Uh, it's probably on your mind the last five minutes of the game, uh, and even then you try to get it out of your head as quickly as possible. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're always kind of thinking about how the game's going and kind of where things are at. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's my job to, to stop the puck, and that's my main focus. Approaching this hockey game, how much does your last visit here in San Jose kind of weigh on your mind as you prepared for this one yeah I mean you knew they were going to come out hard they also had a game uh, yesterday so they obviously they they were able to get a couple things uh, out of the way um, or early on right after the Christmas break so you knew uh, you knew these guys not to score goals uh, I mean you, you see it uh, I mean you can see that they lose games every once in a while but for the most most part they're always getting their goals so um really good team uh you know it's the nhl every team's good every team knows how to score uh every player knows how to make plays so it's uh it's always important to be ready from losing that game in early november to where your team is at now, winning three straight hockey games. Yeah. How do you describe the growth, Stuart? Yeah, it's been big. I think it's a lot of resiliency from our group. Uh, I think you can see that there's highs and lows in a season, and I think we're doing a really good job at you know trying to stay even keel and just work our way up. We know the position that we're in in the standings, so I um, mean, also know our goal just like every other team uh, in the league. So it's going to be important for us to just to keep going here.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Stuart Skinner following the 5 nothing win in San Jose. So uh, two of his uh, four career shutouts have come against the San Jose Sharks. We'll go back to the Certainty hotline. We have Sean standing by. Hey, Sean, go ahead.
0: Hey, guys. love the show. Thanks. Uh, first of all, I think Hyman is the best deal in the NHL, and I want to remind everyone we only got him because the least couldn't afford him.
1: Number well, two. Pretty good deal. Yeah. I agree. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's the best in the league for sure. You were going to say something, Rob? Or, uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Decides, okay, go ahead. yep. I was going to ask Rob and yourself, Reed, if you've been watching uh, Patrick uh, Kane since he's been with Detroit. Um, I, think I,
2: his, I haven't seen any of the games live. I have watched the highlights, and yeah. it doesn't. pretty impressive considering he didn't have training camps coming off an injury, and yeah. I think he's got like six goals right now and almost a point a yeah. game.
0: But, Rob, I've noticed, and I'm sure you know this more than anyone, but his uh, his ability when he gets the puck, he slows down. And it seems like everyone is afraid to go near him, and he gets more space and time. I think his shot, his eyesight, and his IQ are off the charts that he still has it.
2: Yeah, 100%. He's got one of, the, one of my favorite players in the National Hockey League to watch play. He is so smart with the puck. So, so smart. Yeah. yeah.
0: I still love him. I, I think he's still got the highest IQ in the game. And he, he uh, do you think he can play for another
2: two or three years, Rob? I believe he can. I think he went out and had the surgery done and came back and played. I mean, he's averaging a point a game, I think, right now. Yeah. yeah he's 35, which is not yeah. ancient he, anymore. And the thing is, he, he never beat you with speed. So when a guy no. loses some speed, he still all of a sudden starts falling out of the right. ability to play at this speed. level. He's just smarter yeah. than the guy he plays against.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he never needed speed. But they said last night I was listening to uh the locked on Detroit Red Wings uh podcast. They said he his as, or the a surgery that he had, he's the only player to ever uh come back and play with that surgery so fast as he did.
2: Well oh, really interesting. Very imp- that's impressive. Yeah, no yeah. I'm glad he's back. He's a fun player to watch, one of the yeah. greats in the National yeah. Hockey yeah.
1: League. Thanks, Sean. Oh, I, I always found I think we used to talk about this. Rob, when he would come through with Chicago, he he does have the he is quick, uh, but he was he's the rare player he could come across the blue line and cut through the middle of the ice and slow down and not get drilled. No players most players players don't don't go there, Uh, but but it was because of his IQ because he and he still was quick enough that he was still you know kind of. he,
2: what, what Slippery he, to hit, right? He's waiting for the one player to come to him because guess where he's putting the puck. Right. So if you come to him, well, I'm past my puck to where you came from. Uh, yeah, he is. He has had a Hall of Fame hockey career, and I'm glad he's back and in, in healthy and playing in the National Hockey League. And I do believe we see him in January with the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit's a better team with him on it. So, yeah, he's exciting. I'm glad, I'm glad he's back, and I'm glad he's doing well.
1: The power play update tonight. Uh, The Sharks went 0 for 3. Edmonton had a very abbreviated power play Mm -hmm. because uh, Hyman took a penalty that negated it. They were 0 for 1. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Maybe that's a bit of a positive we should talk about. The Oilers have won three straight here without their power play turning the tide.
2: In games, well, so many times over the last number of years that the Oilers needed power plays to win hockey games. Uh, five on five, they were average or below average at time in the National Hockey League. Uh, Their five on five plays better. They've they messed the lines up a little bit. They went with the best in the world, Connor and uh with Nuge and Hyman, and then they flip flopped some wingers. And Leon with McLeod and, and Fogel have been very good. Uh Leon's got a ton of speed on the outside. Fogle and McLeod have uh their hands have come back. They're finding the back of the net. Uh, the goal that Leon scored was a nice pass from down low. He put the puck in the net. Uh, yeah, it's they are getting contributions from all of their lines. So that's tonight three lines scored, four, three in New York and four in Jersey or something like that. So that if you want to win hockey games, especially at playoff time, you need to have contributions up and down your lineup. And right now, the Oilers five and five are.
1: Yeah, they've actually gone five games without a power play goal and have gone three and two in that span. So that's. Encouraging, And then the, the comebacks, it wasn't, oh, we got a power play, mm-hmm. and then we got going. They were able to do it five on five. James is on the line as well. Hey, James. Hey, good evening, guys. Thanks for taking the call. No problem. But, uh,
0: <clears throat> driving home from the game here, was in the building tonight, and uh, picked a player to watch a little bit and had my eyes on Ryan McLeod. And I was thinking about him a little bit. He was a player maybe with my fan goggles on that I had a lot of optimism for earlier And I wonder if you could wind it back to his scouting report and what we hope for. Is he underachieving versus expectations we had for him? Is he... uh, I think... And is there still room for him to grow?
2: Well, there's tons of room for him to grow. He he underachieved. They expected him to be a third-line center that could uh, drive a line. Uh, He's got a ton of speed, uh, and through most of... Well, for a lot of last year and most of this year, uh, offensively, the play died with him. Uh, he became more of a perimeter player, a guy that was really fast but really didn't do a whole lot. Uh, they took a little pressure off him by putting him on the wing, and he's flourished the last little while. Uh, I don't know if they ever thought he would be a 30, 35-goal scorer, but they thought that he would be a dependable defensive player and that getting could penalty kill goals. and be in yeah, 15 to, to 18 goals a year. Um, so, I think right now he is more living up to his expectations over the last two weeks than probably over the last couple of years. Uh, there is tons of room to grow. And uh, young players, when they start to learn how to score at this level, uh, it seems to come a little more quickly. So, hopefully, the goals will be a little more, uh, happen a little more often. As they have over the last couple of games he's gonna get plenty of opportunities playing with Leon Dreisaitl and the thing that you like about it too the goals that he scored in the last couple of games they aren't off Leon making him good he's made plays himself tonight he comes off the bench he that couple of games that came off the bench creating opportunities so yeah good on Ryan McLeod the the Oilers needed a second line and McLeod and Fogel. Have helped Leon and his line turn around.
1: Oilers win five nothing. Also tonight, the Flyers beat Vancouver four uh, one. When was that? In the second period, they all of a sudden because I I did the scoreboard during the first period of or first intermission of our game, and I said, "Oh, that game is scoreless." And then Rob was like, "Hey, do you know it's three nothing Philadelphia?" And I was and like in the four minutes since I'd been on air, they scored three times. Three goals in two minutes and.
2: Six seconds, I believe.
1: Flyers. So the Flyers went 4 1 in Vancouver. Golden Knights beat the Kings 3 2. Hurricanes beat the Canadians 5 3. The scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. We also have Phil standing by. Hey, Phil, go ahead.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Um, My question is why is there a hesitation from the Oilers to seem when they're in a game where they're up? 4 nothing after the first period. Why don't they run up the score? Like, I know San Jose lost, I think it was 10 2 and 10 1 earlier in yep, the season. Yep. Why Why do we. I don't I think. I understand resting some of the big guys, big yep. guns and stuff, but why don't they just drop the hammer and blow them out 12 nothing or something? Well, I, yeah. I
2: don't think they stop. I, I, I do believe they, the Oilers start playing everyone. They're going to, all the four lines are going to get the same amount of ice time. And that, all teams will do that because you don't, you, they have three games and four nights. Uh, they, the San Jose Sharks changed, changed goalies. And their second goalie, uh, Kakanin was much better. Uh, the Oilers d- didn't get any power plays. Um, and then they. You, when you get a lead, you just play smarter you don't take chances there's no 50-50 plays that that game easily could have been. i mean Connor McDavid missed a wide open net leon had another grade a scoring chance that there was a big save on uh, on a one timer back door they, the others could have scored more in this hockey game san jose played better after the first period uh, they pushed the, the the pace a little bit more. They created some scoring chances. So uh, I think that the Oilers would have loved to put four or five more back behind the San Jose Sharks goaltenders. But San Jose played better, and the Oilers didn't capitalize on their chances.
1: Yeah. it's uh, we, I don't think we've ever been asked that before. No. In almost ten and a half uh, no, years. Well, the first few years we <laughs> did the games together, uh, <laughs> the, the Oilers weren't winning too often. Uh, I, I know we talked about that um well, the 8-1, first loss of the season. Vancouver and, didn't slow down. And Vancouver <laughs> didn't, didn't slow down. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I mean, maybe the circumstance, the opponent would make a difference too. But I, I don't – in the NHL, at, at the highest levels of sport, I, I don't think – running up the score, it like Kelly said when Rudy was on with me after that game, he goes, if you're up 7-1, make it 8. Yep. If you're up 8, try well, to get 10. Like-
2: they did not, in the dressing room, they did not say, hey, let's back off tonight. That did, that did not happen. Sometimes the intensity leaves. I right. mean, the, the game was over in the first period. And if this was 4 nothing against the Vancouver Canucks, or Vegas, or L.A., the intensity would have still been there because those teams are capable of coming back. Right.
1: This game was over. And if you can break L.A.'s spirit or start them on a four-game losing streak, great.
2: Great, but this is San Jose. The game was over, so the intensity for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, it wasn't there. Just simply because of their opponent, and really the game was over. Both teams, after the first, wanted the game to be over. They, seriously, they did. They, the Oilers, they're thinking about L.A., and San Jose's thinking about their next opponent.
1: And, and I think we saw in the third period, short-handed two-on-one, Nugent Hopkins and Ryan. They had Two two-on-one. And, so. and then, well, you knew Nugent Hopkins was passing yeah. to Ryan, and then you knew Connor Brown was, was going to to shoot. Yeah.
2: And I think, was it the back checker that got him? Yeah, great play. Yeah. Uh, that one was Kuhn, and he made the nice play there. Yeah. So the Oilers did have chances. They just didn't capitalize in the... Last two periods, like they yeah. did in the first.
1: That's that's a, that's a yeah. really interesting question. I mean, yeah, I mean, could have they scored eight or nine? I I, I don't know. I mean, give credit to the goaltending. I mean,
2: Cacikin was much better.
1: Yeah, he made a couple of good saves. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was the the flow of the game was was different yes. than the last uh, two periods. But you know, I think the positives are is like we said, they asserted themselves when they needed in to. the first period. They they yes. made San Jose. Not lose, well, lose interest, but yeah, lose lose belief. And then, then again, I, I think a positive is Skinner. He was good. I mean, again, he the goalie. He's got to stop the puck. You know, he can't think like, oh, I can
2: let four in and then I'll start trying. <laughs> you know, like he he had a good game. He did. He played very very well. And going forward, that's that's what you want with your your starting goaltenders. Stuart Skinner getting a little more rest. And maybe that's what you get when you get a rested Stuart Skinner quality starts game after game.
1: All right, the next game should be a lot more tense and there should be uh, a lot more hatred in it <laughs> after the last two. I mean, these the Kings and Oilers have played 13 playoff games against each other the last two years. Uh, and LA obviously was on the losing end of those. So I think this is one of those regular season games that will mean a little bit more for both teams. Uh, a little more maybe, not a... I don't know if a statement game is the right word, but a, a little more message sending. Yep, that that would probably be one, especially if you're an LA player. The schedule comes out. When's the first game against Edmonton?
2: Yeah, they you know? would. They understand that if they want to, both teams want to win the Stanley Cup, and I think both teams realize they're going to have to go through each other at some point in the playoffs.
1: And that broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers will be on Saturday, 6:30 for the Faceoff Show game at eight. Oilers beat the Sharks five zip a twenty. 20- 25 save shutout for Stuart Skinner as the Orders have won three straight and 11 of their last 14. They're now 16, 15, and 1. Get more on the team on globalnews.ca or 630jet.com. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.